and he's alive. And that song reminds us that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. He's a, a savior. He's a Lord. He's, he's the Lord. He's our um, God. He's God the Son. And he's very much alive. And uh, he's active um, in heaven and on earth. And all authority belongs to him in heaven and on earth. And so only he has the power and the authority to forgive you and to forgive me of all our sin. And the Bible is very clear that we do need a saviour and we do need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And our queen understood that some years ago. And, uh, and so there are those even close to her now, like Sophie, um, who's another believer. And, uh, and they encourage uh, each other in the things of God. My friends who, who worked for the Queen, Nigel worked for the Queen for 38 years. Um, he was the Queen's cabinet maker. Have a guess what a cabinet maker does. Any, any idea? If you're the Queen's cabinet maker, what do you think he does? I was very impressed. I said, oh, Nigel, I said, this, is ama- this is amazing. The Queen's cabinet maker. Right? Well, he's the odd job man around the palace. Uh, basically, if, if there's a door handle that needs fixing, she calls Nigel. Nigel, come and help me out here. And, uh, and when he told the Queen that he was going to retire, she said, uh, oh, Nigel, I'm going to really miss you. You know, and uh, 37, 38 years working for her. And, of course, then Nigel's wife, Julia, she's still working, although because Nigel decided to retire, then she had to find another job. And so she asked the Queen, she said, um, would it be okay, uh, Mom, if um, I put you down as, as a reference? <laughs> um, how, how amazing is that, you see? You can imagine, can't you, you know, um, going, going through the application form. Oh, yes, um, worked housekeeper, Windsor Castle, yeah. Reference here, oh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. You've got the job. <laughs> and and uh, so they're currently serving the, uh, the Duke and Duchess of Devonshire up in, in Chatsworth House in the Peak District. And uh, we haven't got there yet, but we have been invited to go and, and to sample Chatsworth House. I'm not normally a name dropper, but, um, you know, this is all I've got really, so <laughs> there's nothing else interesting in my life, <laughs> apart from the fact that I know and love Jesus. And actually, my desire and prayer is that you'll come to know and love him. You, you know, following the Lord Jesus Christ is an adventure. Now, I was 12. Anyone 12 here? Are you 12? When I was 12, I, I, I came to know the Lord Jesus, and I came to know him in a personal way as, as my Lord and Savior. And uh, I'm 50, 55, 56 now, and I'm still in an adventure of the Lord Jesus. And, uh, you know, don't let your friends at school tell you that going to church is not a fun thing. It's the best adventure. It's the most thrilling thing to be in a relationship and to know Jesus in a personal way. And um, you may never be invited to Windsor Castle. That's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You may never be invited to Buckingham Palace. You may, but you may not. You may never be invited to anywhere, anywhere posh or regal. But there's an invitation for you today, not just for the meal after, but there's an invitation for you today from the living Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, in this passage that I read to you earlier, it's an interesting situation because Jesus has been invited to the home of a prominent Pharisee or a prominent religious leader in Jesus' town. And they're there and they're having a meal together. But in verses 4 and 6 of Luke 14... Uh, we're, we're given some indication that it's quite a tense meal. It's quite a tense get-together. I wonder if you've ever been invited to, to perhaps uh, someone's house or you've been invited to a situation and, and you can sense that it's not easy, is it? You know, it's not easy company. Uh, and uh, then someone says something and it all goes quiet. Have you ever been in that situation? When a comment's been made... And it all goes very quiet. There's this awkward silence. Have you been in that situation? Maybe that's breakfast this morning. <laughs> when there's that awkward silence. Verses 4 and verse 6 in our passage seems to indicate that there were these awkward moments, these awkward silences. And then someone, another guest, who's a friend of this prominent religious leader, he, he tries, to, tries to help the host along a bit. Um, by um, Jesus is talking uh, and sharing about the importance of humility in the immediate context. Uh, he, he, he's talking about how we need to, to know what it is to be humble. For no one can enter the kingdom of heaven uh, unless we do so, humbly accepting our need of salvation. Friends, you'll never see God, you'll never know and enjoy God, you'll never experience heaven itself Unless you humbly, this morning, accept that we, that we are all sinners, that you're a sinner, and that we are in need of a saviour. That's the starting point that we need to understand that we are in desperate need. We are in need of forgiveness of our sins. We are in need of our souls being restored. We are in need of God. We're in need of a saviour. And there is one who stands amongst us this morning in the power of his spirit. And he says, come to me. He extends an invitation to you to come to me. And so in this, uh, this friend of this prominent religious leader tries to sort of help the situation and the conversation along by saying something. And it was a platitude, really. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. It was perhaps a little phrase that uh, he thought would may maybe impress Jesus, would, would help the tension um, at the table. Uh, and so he spouts out this platitude. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And immediately Jesus tells a story. It's an everyday story uh, that teaches us some immense spiritual truth. It's, a, it's an everyday story that teaches us something of God's kingdom and how we can access uh, his kingdom, how we, can, how we can approach God and how we can enjoy being part of God's family and being in his kingdom. So Jesus tells this everyday story. Sometimes it's referred to as a parable, but a parable is simply an everyday story that has a, a, a spiritual or a heavenly Meaning, And this is the story, this is the parable that Jesus told them. 
A man who once gave a great banquet invited many. We know what a banquet is, don't we? Ever been to a banquet? It's like a massive party, isn't it? Okay, it's a really posh party. And, and, and so the master invites many. And so we've all had an invitation to something, haven't we? Have you ever had an invitation to something? What have you had an invitation to? A birthday party. Anyone been, had an invitation? To, you're allowed to raise a hand at this point? Yeah, okay. You, you've, you're four. Wow. So you've had four birthdays. That's brilliant. Okay. But um, not many at the back have been invited to a birthday party. Well, we'll have to put that right. So, see. There we are. Any, anyone been invited to anything else other than the birthday party? A wedding. Wow. I was invited to a wedding once by my wife. <laughs> Come along. You'll enjoy yourself. There we are. I got, I got the scars to prove it. No, no, I haven't. Yeah. There we are. Anyone else been invited to anything important? Yes. Sorry? Wow, to church. That's a great invitation, isn't it? Church. Well, it's a great banquet. But the amazing thing was that Jesus tells us in this story uh, that this, this man who invited many to his banquet, uh, um, and he sends his servants to say to those who have been invited, come for everything is now ready. Now, we need to understand what's going on here because in Eastern culture, the way, the way they'd invite you to something, particularly to a banquet, would be this that the invitation would have two parts. Part one is, you're invited to this amazing banquet. Okay? And you're saying, wow, I'm overwhelmed. Well, I'm re- thank you very much. Part two would normally take place two or three de- days later to say, now come now. Drop what you're doing. Come as you are. Everything's ready. There's room at the table for you because you've been invited. And that's how it was done in Eastern culture. You know, I mean, today, we, 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 I don't know how we do it today, really. Um, sometimes we, we'll send it an invitation electronically. Sometimes, well, when I was a kid, I used to, my mother used to write these things out, um, a little, little um, paper invitation, and I put them in an envelope with my friends' names on and give them to all my friends in school. That's how we used to do it. But here's the invitation. Two parts. I'm, I'm holding a banquet, a banquet later this week. You are invited. Wow. A couple of days later, everything's now ready. Come with haste. That means come speedily. Drop what you're doing. Come now. Everything is ready for you. Wonderful. But Jesus tells us that uh, in this story uh, that they all began to make excuses. And the first said, oh dear, oh dear, dear, dear. I'd love to come, but unfortunately I've just recently bought a field and I need to go and inspect it. Another said, oh dear, dear, dear. I've just bought some oxen. Ten actually. And uh, I just need to go and give them the once over. I'm sorry, can I be excused? Another said, oh dear, dear, dear. You don't believe that, I've just got married. And I need to spend time with her indoors. You know, can I be excused? And so word got back 
to the master that people were making excuses. Why do you think they were making excuses? Why were they making excuses? Perhaps they might, some, some might have been. Any other ideas? Why were they making excuses? Because basically, they didn't want to go. And the reason they didn't want to go was because they were rejecting the king. Perhaps they lacked respect. Perhaps they were f- afraid. But perhaps they just lacked respect. And so, the, so rejecting the king or the master of the banquet, they are, rejecting the invitation means they're rejecting the master. And so we read here that the master became angry. And he says to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and to the lanes. Go to the highways and to the byways. And um, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you've commanded has now been done. And yet there is still room at your table. So we've done all that you've commanded. We've gone into the highways and byways. We, we've, we've, we've invited and we've brought in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And yet there's still room. And verse 23, and the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people. Urge them to, to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Those who rejected the invitation will never eat with the king or the master. But all the others, perhaps those perhaps within society who were less fortunate, those who perhaps society had, had ignored or didn't bother with, but they were invited. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? But it's also a story that, that actually gets us to think. How would I have responded to that invitation to the master? Would I have been like those to give an excuse? Or would I have said, I'm coming? And nothing's going to prevent me from coming. I've been invited. I'm going to come as I, as I am. Because the master has called me. And I'm going to respond to his gracious invitation. Do you ever hear a piece of music? Maybe you hear it on the TV or on your, on your phone or something, on a computer or, or even on the telly. You hear a piece of music. And then a, a day or so later, you can't get that tune out of your head. Have you ever been in that situation? Or is it just me? If you think I'm just weird and it's just you, just say, Andy, I think it's you, you're a bit weird. This never happens to people in Clidach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get a life. I won't be offended, broad-shouldered. Does that ever happen to any of you? You are allowed to, to talk to me. <laughs> that's, that's okay, isn't it? They can talk. Yeah, yeah. You can shake your head and don't throw things at me. I, they, do that, they do that in Newport. So. <laughs> See? But um, you just can't get that tune out of your head, can you? I had an experience. When I was preparing this, I had a similar experience. I had this tune. I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I'm saying to Viv, hey, 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 listen now, Viv. She's my wife. She's lovely. Hey, hey, now, listen. That's why I married her. Hey, 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 now. 
I said, no, listen, I said, stop what you're doing. And she's always busy. You ladies always busy? She never seems to have time to, to listen to. I said, no, no, just stop what you're doing. Listen. And I start humming the tune. Right? Now, now so wait, what's this tune I've got in my head? I can't get rid of it. And she said, no, I don't, don't recognise it. I thought I was quite tuneful. <laughs> so then I, so I, I say to, to my boy, David, I say, hey, Dave, Dave, just, oh, what is it now, Dad? No, no, listen to this. What is the tune? Right? And he knew it straight away. I said, that's a song by a man called Stuart Townend. Well, he's, he's a Christian man. He's a man who responded to an invitation by the Lord Jesus Christ to trust him. And by trusting Jesus, Jesus is able and willing to, not only to forgive you, but he's willing to make you acceptable to a holy God. Isn't that wonderful? And he's willing to, to receive you and take you to be part of his family. I think that's amazing. And so this is, this is the chorus. I'm not going to sing it for you. I know you're disappointed. But we haven't got time for that. In case I lose myself in melody, but <laughs> but these these are the words of the chorus. Come to the feast, there is room at the table. Come, let us meet in this place with the King of all kindness, who welcomes us in with the wonder of love and the power of grace. The King of all kindness, who welcomes us in with the wonder of love and the power of grace. And so within this parable, Jesus, having this meal with this prominent religious leader, is teaching them that they think they're okay. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're not okay. You need to come as you are. And he calls those to himself, those who are blind, who are lame and crippled, those who are poor. And that's a very graphic picture of what we are like by nature. We are blind, as these Pharisees and these religious leaders were, they were blind and we are blind to the truth of who Jesus is. And by nature we're blind. If there's a prayer that you need to pray this morning, is this, open my eyes, Lord, that I might see who you really are, that I might understand what you've done for me through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. You say, well, I'm not blind physically. No, praise God, if we've got eyesight, I know I have a friend who is blind physically, but he can see spiritually. And, and Jesus is able to show us who he is, that he is the king of all, of all kindness, who welcomes us in with the power of love and the wonder of his grace. And, and so people today think like these prominent religious leaders, the Pharisees and many of the Jews, they think they're okay I don't need God. I don't need this king to rule over me. Who's the king in your life? Who is the king in your life today? 
If it's not Jesus, then it's probably you. Who sits on the throne of your heart? If it's not Jesus, it's probably you. It's probably me, King me, King self. And that's what Jesus is addressing here. That's the purpose of telling us this little story. To show them that actually they are blind. That actually they're lame, spiritually. That they're blind to the truth of who Jesus is. And because they're lame, then they're not going to walk in ways that please God. And if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then you are like these prominent religious leaders. You are blind to the truth of who he is and that you're lame spiritually. You'll never walk in ways that will please God. That we're poor. We're spiritually bankrupt. We're morally bankrupt by nature. And yet the king of all kindness who came and gave his life to be a ransom for many. He came to die for you and for your sin, for me and for my sin, for our rebellion. He came to not only to forgive us, but to restore us and to reconcile us to the Father in heaven, who is the Master, who sends his servant, extending the call, the invitation, come, for all is now ready. And the servant, or if you like, Jesus says to the Father, they're not interested. They're rejecting the invitation. And the Father says to Jesus, the Son, he says, the reason they're rejecting the invitation is because they reject me. And you either reject God this morning, you either reject the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, or you accept him. There's no sitting on the fence. There's no halfway house. You either for him or against him. You either accept him or you reject him. You either receive him or you spurn him. Come is the invitation. There is room at my table, says, says Jesus. That's the point. And there was yet still room. Why? Because Jesus came to the Jews and they rejected him. Many did. And so the invitation went beyond Israel, beyond the Jewish nation. And it came to the shores of Gentiles like us. And there is still room at the table. Come to the feast. There is room at my table. Come, let us meet in this place. For the king of all kindness who welcomes us in with the wonder of love and the power of grace. His grace. And that's the favor that he extends to us poor sinners that we don't deserve. He says, come. Come as you are. Come with haste. Come today. Come now. All is made ready. There is room at my table for you. And so as we close this morning, the question is this. Are we going to reject the kind invitation from the Lord of glory? Are we going to reject that invitation when he says, come to me and I'll forgive you? I died for you, rose again for you. If you come and trust in me, whoever believes in me will not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Come to me. There is no other. There is no other who can save you. Don't trust in your efforts, in your merits, in your good works. Good works will never save you. 
No merit of your own can purchase your salvation or for your sin atone. But, here's the but, but if you trust the Savior who bore sin's penalty, he'll grant you, give you his salvation for all eternity. Do you see that? Now, the interesting thing is here is that you might be saying, as some of those in the story may have been thinking, well, I'm not saying I won't come, or I'm not saying I will never come, but I won't come today. See, perhaps those excuses, getting married, bought some oxen, bought a field. Perhaps they're saying, I'm not saying I'll never come, but I'm not coming today. But who guarantees tomorrow? Does God guarantee us tomorrow? No, he doesn't. But he says today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Today is a day of opportunity. Today is a day of grace. Today is a day of salvation. Perhaps you've never thought about it. But God graciously this morning, by his spirit, through his word, has actually alerted to you that you're in danger. For those who reject Christ will suffer the judgment of God forever. And, and it's a very real judgment, and, it's, and you'll be conscious. It'll be awful. It'll be terrible. It'll be painful. It'll be distressing. It'll be forever. There'll be no let up. God's fire, his anger, will fall, and judgment will fall on those who reject his son, the king of all kindness, forever. But, here's the but. It's a day of grace. Today is a day of salvation. Listen to the voice of the Lord Jesus. Come to the feast. There is room at my table. Come, let us meet in this place with the king of all kindness who welcomes us in with the wonder of love and the power of grace. Come as you are. Listen to the voice of Jesus as he's explained to us through this simple story, as he explained to those prominent Pharisees, those religious leaders through this story, that actually we need someone to open our eyes. We need someone to, to restore us and to help us so that we can walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, that we, we have a heart that will be transformed and renewed and stirred, that will have, we'll have a desire to worship the Lord and to follow him and to know him and to enjoy him and then to know that he really is the king and you can say he's my king he's my lord he's my god this king was willing to lay aside his 
his majesty and was willing to die in our place for our sin and rose again, offering life to all who believe. That's the gospel. What are you going to do with this kindly, gracious invitation? Hearken to his invitation to the music of God's grace. The king of all kindness who welcomes us in the wonder of love and the power of grace.